from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Crawfish Boxing. Instead, it's supported by the generous contributions of people like you, our listeners, on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. Insufficient data to formulate a slide. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Well, hey there, and welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. As always, I'm Steve, joined, of course, by... Devin. And Joe. And once again, we've got a mystery. What? Yeah, we do. This is a pretty scary one, too. Well, no, it isn't. But, you know, what the thing is, I had so much fun last week, or not last week, last time that I hosted doing a wrestling episode that that I decided we'd do another one. Seems like it's been a million years since that we did that episode. It really does, because in our world, it's been month at least Uh, at least yeah yeah three weeks okay well we're not actually going to do a wrestling story well a little bit but kind of it's kind of kind of a wrestling story yeah we are this week for anyone who as devin would say didn't read the episode title going to be talking about mr andy kaufman yeah and you might say well why well the mystery is is andy kaufman really dead or not dun 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 because he's one of those people who has had sightings of him for years. Mm-hmm. He's the new Elvis. I like Andy a little more than I like Elvis at times. So oh, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm going to get so much hate mail for saying you that. Are. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so let me give everybody just the quick, real brief version, and then we'll get into some details. 
So a brief introduction to Andy Kaufman. Uh, he was a comedian. He had his career was in the 1970s, uh, the late 70s, mid to late, and then the early 80s. And he is known for being a character on the TV show Taxi. He died at 35 of a very rare form of lung cancer on the 16th of May, 1984. But because of all of the stunts and the crazy things that he had done over the years, a lot of people really didn't believe that he had really died. They were mm-hmm. sure that it was a prank. Well, he was, I mean, he was known as the guy who would take a joke a little too far. I think a did. little is an understatement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be generous here, you know? <laughs> I don't want to say bad things about dead people. Oh, no, no. There's nothing bad. (laughs) Andy took jokes... Way too far. ...to the nth degree. He, like, he he took it to when it stopped being funny and then kept going. And then eventually started being funny again. Mm -hmm. That's... A really interesting radio lab. I'm sorry to digress for a second. Yeah. A really re- interesting radio lab episode about this, in which I encountered one of my favorite comedians in the entire world for the very first time ever. Her name is Kristen Shaw, which you you all know her. She's got the voice. You know who she is. She she's Louise on Bob's Burgers. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, they did this show called Kristen Shaw's a Horse, where it was him and uh, I'm sorry, it was her and a male comedian on stage. And literally, he would just go, oh, Kristen Shaw is a horse. Kristen Shaw is a horse. Like, for 15 minutes straight while she danced around on stage. And it's that progression. It's a very well-studied thing now where it's like, it's funny for a minute, and then it's not funny, and then it's really not funny. (laughs) And then it's hilarious again. Just like this story I just told. Yes. It Mm. is. And thank you for sharing, Devin. You're welcome. I don't know how to follow that, so we're just going to start talking some more about Andy Kaufman. Uh, as I briefly mentioned, started his act in the 70s, started in comedy clubs, and he wasn't always that well received. He, uh, as we had briefly mentioned, he uh, his style of comedy was different, and it was not what people were used to. And it really, really put people off because, I mean, we've all been to a comedy show. The typical thing is a comedian gets up there and he does his shtick of jokes and for five, ten minutes, whatever his time is, and then he gets down and he leaves the stage. And he didn't really think of himself as a comedian. No, he didn't. He was more of a... uh, a It was... uh, Performance artist? Performance artist. Thank you, Joe. That is exactly it. It was art. And so... And he would get up there, and he would do very weird things that people didn't know how to do, how to react to. Um, so let's give an example of that. Let's actually give a Kaufman example here, which would be the character known as Foreign Man. Yeah, which if you've ever seen Taxi, basically the same character. Yeah, Lotka. The character yeah. he played was Lotka, and that was based on the Foreign Man character. Absolutely right. So here's what happens. Uh, Andy, as foreign man, would walk up on stage and he'd be rather nervous and moving his hands around and flailing and and looking at the crowd wide-eyed. And uh, then when he spoke, he had this weird clipped accent that nobody recognized in this kind of high-pitched voice. Mm And it was funny, and he would tell everybody that he was originally from Casper, which was an island in the Caspian Sea, both 
His accent and that place are made up, but of course. And then he would go on to tell jokes, and they were terrible. (laughs) Because he intentionally told the joke wrong. Like, he didn't get how a joke worked. Mm -hmm. And the audience would, at first, kind of, "Ah, ha, ha, and then... People would get angry and they'd start to boo and then other people in the crowd would start to say, shut up and try to defend him. And he would keep doing stuff. He he would say, well, um, in his funny accent, which I'm not going to try to replicate because I can't pull it off. Mm-hmm. He would try to then say, I'll do an, I'll do an impression for you mm-hmm. in his funny little accent. Mm-hmm. And he would say, I'm going to be, I don't know, let's just say Lyndon Johnson. And then he would turn around and he would turn back to the mic and in the exact same voice and accent say, hello, I am Lyndon Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and of course, people would laugh at the first one and he would do three of these or four of these at a time. And by this time, the crowd is just kind of losing it because they just don't know what's going on. Well, it's funny because it's so absurd. But it's also bad comedy when you paid to get into a comedy club you get angry because this guy looks like he's bombing Mm -hmm. he's bombing in the worst sort of way Mm -hmm. and he doesn't even get it and then he would say wait i'll I'll be elvis presley i'm gonna do an impression of elvis and he would turn around and they would start the music that actually start the music for elvis and he would really quick his hair was always kind of slicked back in this weird style and he would pop his collar up he'd brush his hair real fast while looking away from the audience and then just before the lyrics hit he would turn around and he would do a dead on Elvis he could sing and sounded really close to Elvis and the crowd would lose their mind because mm-hmm. like oh holy crap this is amazing yeah. and then the song would end and he would immediately flip back into the foreign man voice and accent and say thank you very much and be done and just leave this sounds very familiar like there uh, there's one, at least one comedian right now that i can think of that does comedy like this, right? Mm-hmm. That's Sash Bear Cohen. Yes. He does. That is a great example. Borat. Mm-hmm. Borat is the modern equivalent of Andy Kaufman's foreign man character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is a fun character, too. Oh. Although I I, I couldn't in, in um, what was the movie? Um, Borat? Yeah. Yeah, Borat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Named after the character yeah, 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 Sasha Borat? Sasha Cohen, yeah. Duh. Uh, <laughs> See, here's the thing. <laughs> guys guys like Sasha Barrett Cohen and Andy Kaufman, they committed to a character, and Kaufman did not break character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost no. never do you see him break character. He doesn't crack up. He is so wholeheartedly committed, because that's his performance art. Oh, yeah. And he's making art. And, you know, here's, the thing about, here's the thing about him, too, is that he was so into his characters. He was actually uh, a non-drinker and a vegetarian. Yeah. Uh, but when he was, when, if his character ate meat and drank booze, then he, you're, you're that, talking about Tony did. Clifton, who we're going to yeah. talk about later. Yeah, the yeah. Tony Clifton character. But mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was amazing, and uh, he was also really weird. I will say this right now: I think Kaufman's a weird dude. Well, yeah, he was. I also think that he was a creative genius in his own way. Mm-hmm. Like the things uh, he came up with. Excuse me, you're saying was. Okay. Is. Was or is. He or is. You're right. I apologize. Okay. Spoilers. Okay. Yeah. He, uh, he, in his performances, was a creative genius and could continue to be today if indeed he is still alive. And performing. And possibly performing. 
But, you know, as we talked about, he, uh, you know, we said this several times, there was the performance art. He's quoted once as saying, quote, I'm not trying to be funny. I just want to play with their heads. So he really did just want to mess with the audience. I think there are. There's definitely a group of people. I think I'm kind of one of these people on a lot of different levels. But, you know, to me, being funny isn't so much that other people laugh are laughing. It's as long as I think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I if I or, you know, Andy are kind of pulling the wool over someone's eyes in a hilarious way, that's extra funny to me versus, you know, everybody else is laughing. But I'm kind of like, I know this joke, you know, Mm -hmm. inside and out. And it's kind of lame. Well, that that kind of joke, though, going up on stage and telling the same yo mama joke, yeah. uh, you know, five nights story, a week, five nights a week, it's it's no fun. But no. going up and pulling the wool over people's eyes and getting them all to react in crazy different ways. That's got to be yeah. just so gratifying. Absolutely. Yeah, apparently Absolutely. He, apparently he liked to do it. So. <laughs> he really did because over the years, he, as I said, he, he pulled so many pranks and so many hoaxes and so many gags on people. And he took them to such a degree that people no longer knew what reality was. An example, this is not a Kaufman re- example, but this is the kind of same reaction. And maybe we've talked about this before, but was it Alan Funk? Did I thought, I thought Funk, it was, yes, yeah. thank you. Alan Funk. So he did Candid Camera, and people began to realize that when he was around, there was a camera going on, and a gag was happening. Mm-hmm. And he gets on an airplane, and this was Joe, do you remember this? It was in the 70s. Yeah. He gets on an airplane, and this was the thing at the time. The airplane got hijacked. <laughs> and they said, fly us to Cuba. And the passengers on board are all kind of nervous until one person realizes that Funt is on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Funt! It's candy camera! Where do you guys have the camera at? (laughs) He's like, no, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Goblin, cut it out. They're they're serious. They're real guns. And everybody's like, this is... Like, the whole plane is laughing (laughs) on their way to Havana. Mm. Well, Havana's That's the best hijacking story ever. But, but yeah, it, it was. It, that's the kind of thing. Like he had done this so much that nobody believed him when he told the truth, and that happened with Kaufman. Nobody believed him when he would say things. They're like, oh, you're making this up. You're totally mm. making this up. Mm. He just did such crazy stuff. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. having been said, we were Font or do you mean Andy Kaufman? Kaufman. Oh, okay. Uh, Font really. I mean, he had one. He had one bit, and that was it. But Kaufman, he had a whole slew of them, which brings us right now. We're already through the story because, as I said, he died in 1984. Nobody believes he died or a bunch of people didn't believe at the time that he'd actually died. So we have two very simple theories. Is Kaufman dead or is Kaufman alive? Or, you know, is Kaufman dead but at a different date? possible i i, I roll yeah. that into the andy kaufman is alive yeah, because absolutely. that means he faked his yeah. death uh, okay yeah. so either theories. he faked his death or he really or he died really died at 35 at think, 35 yeah i think he probably faked his death and then he was probably planning on coming back after oh a year oh my god spoilers yeah and then well, and then what happened is is like he was all making his plans to to, to make his comeback you know, in about a year, and he got run over by a bus. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking that his, his, probably his last thought was like, you know, oh, this sucks, but God, I love the irony. <laughs> it's actually probably really true. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, so let's go into theory one, which is that Andy Kaufman really did die in 1984. There are people who believe this. There's a lot of people who believe that because officially, and this is, I pulled up his death certificate, by the way, because you can find this on the smoking gun. He died of renal failure caused by metastasized large cell lung carcinoma also known as lung cancer, mm -hmm. uh, on the 16th of May, 1984, at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. He was diagnosed in November of 1983. Uh, he'd had a persistent cough, and he finally went into the doctor, and they finally figured out what was going on, and they gave him radiation therapy, but that didn't really do anything because metastasized cancers spread. They're moving around. Well, that's it. So the lung, lung cancer, like it, it goes like everywhere. My dad had lung cancer. Mm -hmm. It got into his liver, his bladder, his brain. Right. And that's and, what happened to Andy is the yeah. same thing. And so Andy, he also believed in natural medicine. He was really big into meditation and transit. Uh, Transcendentalism? Is that the... No, that's not the right one. Yeah. He was really into the spiritual side of things and the belief that the brain could cure a lot of things. So he did these natural medicines and these natural diets. Work were... with his vibrations and... Yes, yeah. and his aura and all of that kind of stuff. He was trying to fix it. Um, and the radiation didn't do any good. It did, just couldn't take it out. So what does he do? He, uh, he starts following... What a lot of people would consider fringe medicine to the point that he actually went to the Philippines in, I believe it was 1984, months after he had been been diagnosed, and he underwent psychic surgery. I think it was six weeks he went under the psychic knife for a six-week period, so he stopped all of his Western medications, and he seemed to be fine. As soon as he came back home, he immediately started going downhill. Um, and, and, and at that point, he then passes away. Okay. Well, the reading I've done says that Kaufman had an open casket. Mm -hmm. And I believe that to be true because there are many, many sources that <laughs> this is terrible. And Andy kind of brought this out in people. But people went to the funeral and they went to pay their respects at the casket and they were poking the body. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, yeah, Andy, I know a it's bit. a gag. Stand up, you jerk. Mm -hmm. Come well, on. Like, yeah. Although, I, I got to say, I'm, I, usually they don't have open coffin funerals for people who died of cancer because you really do look like hell. And he did he look died. like hell. There was, there was a report of him being at a show with his girlfriend a month or th several months prior. And because of the radiation, he was losing his hair. So he had his head shaved in a mohawk, which I think is awesome. Yeah. But he's also wearing this kind of weird leather outfit, but he was so emaciated that it was hanging on him. Mm -hmm. And that's when the world really kind of, the, oh, oh, he might sort of maybe be might telling. actually be sick. Oh, yeah. He might be telling the truth. Either that or he's really committed to this. Like unhealthy dieting, yeah. committed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it, apparently people were poking the body. So that leads mm -hmm. me to believe that it truly was open and they thought he was just playing a sick joke on him. Mm -hmm.
Hoffman was laid to rest uh, in Beth David Cemetery. Uh, you can actually go on uh, it's findagrave.com, I think is the website. That, that's the famous the one. Web, yeah. yeah, where you can find all the famous people and mm. you can see his headstone. It's there, so it's not like he's mi- mysteriously disappeared. Exactly. Yeah, but if I were going to pull it, I, you know, I'm dead, prank, I, I would get a tombstone. I'm not going to, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, did, did people, fans, go by there and leave graffiti like they do with Jim Morrison's grave? I have no idea. Really? To be honest with you, I have no idea if they just stand there and do their their mon- monologues. I have no Most idea. Most fans probably just think he isn't actually there anyway. So, yeah. so why bother? Why yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Um, so let's let's go ahead. In this theory, we're going to go ahead and move towards statements and things that were said by people who knew Andy closest. The first one is going to be his brother. Is this to support the fact that he actually died? Yes. Okay. This is in, we're in the theory that Andy Kaufman actually did die. So right. this but is his brother. Now you're presenting your evidence. I'm submitting my evidence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Prosecutor. Got yeah. it. Barrister. Your He's Honor. I don't know. He sort of, uh, Michael did it kind of both ways, really. Well, but yeah. Okay, let, let, me, let me run this through, Joe, because I know where you're heading with that. Some uh, things, I think, caught Michael off guard, and he got caught up in them. But he has always said for many, many years that he believed that his brother had died and was positive. He knew his brother had died, not believed. He knew his brother had died, except that uh, several years back... I actually think it was in 1999, he said, a man approached him with a note and gave him a note. And the note was supposedly from Andy and supposedly looked like it was Andy's handwriting saying, meet me at this diner at a certain date and time because that's before I'm going to come back and reveal that the whole thing was a prank to the world where he went and Andy never showed. Uh, And then a few years later, some woman came forward to him and she started saying that she was Andy's daughter. Now, Andy did have a daughter. He had a daughter. I think she was born in 1969. But this girl was saying that she was 24 years old. Conceived after she died. Which would have made it meant that she was conceived and born after Andy died. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. And that he had left Hollywood. And one of his reasons to do that was to raise her. Except that it was very quickly found out that A, the logic of the math doesn't work. um, And B, um, she was an actress. uh, Her her lineage was very well known. People very quickly figured out Mm. who her father was. Yes, he had a real father, not Andy. Yeah. So uh, that whole thing went sideways. Yeah, and I I thought I had heard somewhere that Michael, Andy's brother Michael, had actually recruited her to to play this role. I read that too. I have too. Michael has always asserted that he didn't do it. The story I think you're talking about is that according to her, she met him in an art gallery and he said, Oh, you kind of look like you could be part of my family. Well, let's do this thing. Yada, yada, yada. He has always attested that that is not really what happened and that she came to him saying who she was mm. and then he fell for it. Uh, poor guy. He has since <laughs> always, he's since gone back to the Andy Kaufman died and I know my brother's dead. Hmm. I wonder, uh, not, I mean, not to speak ill of anyone, but I bet he got some money from the like media. No, no, this, that, this thing went south and turned really fast. Maybe he was trying to get some money from the media. I don't know. Well, 
it's a good point because there is the Andy Kaufman Award, or it's not the Andy Kaufman Award. What is it? There's a, a, a comedy award thing that they do that is in his name. And that's when she that's when she showed up with her her allegations. Right? Correct. Yeah. She showed up on stage at that. Yeah. And so it is possible that it was a way to generate publicity for the event or for her or for her. Or for her. I don't yeah. know. The uh, the interesting thing is, as a lot of people think this is going to make my career and that tends to tank their career. Yeah. She yeah. is. I've not found anything about her since. So she just kind of. Yep. Disappeared. She got blacklisted. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Let's move to the next character in uh, this theory, which would be Bob Zamuda. Which oh, real, yeah. real, real human being. Real human being. Yep. He uh, he was actually Andy's right hand man. They they worked together. They were co creators together. They made a lot of the skits and the gags and and masterminded a lot of it. Yeah, and Zamuda took over one of one of Andy's characters at some point in time mm-hmm. too. Right, right. So they they worked together for years, and the the problem with Zamuda is that. He's not a trustworthy character because he was in on all the gags and he goes back and forth. He changes his story a lot. He said, no, Andy really died. No, Andy's really alive and he's hiding somewhere in Arizona. No, Andy really died. No, Andy's really alive and he's hiding somewhere in... In New Mexico. I thought Albuquerque. Yeah, there, that <laughs> is one of the most recent sightings yeah. that came up. But So he um, he is really a hard one just because he switches his story up and changes camps all the time. Yeah, yeah. At one point, uh, switched over and made that, wrote a book about how Andy's coming back. Right? He's written more than one book, Joe. Oh, has he? I, I only yeah. heard about the one. His, mo- yeah. Well, we'll talk about his most recent book here in just a minute. But he's written some. Uh, t- to be honest, though, the Kaufman family doesn't really like him that much. They. Uh, Andy Kaufman's dad, for many, many years, tried to broker peace with everybody who was involved with Andy. And did, you, did you, either of you guys watch the, uh, the Jim Carrey movie, Man on the Moon? No, I no. never saw that. Okay, it's, it's, based, it, it's a movie about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. It's actually a fun, entertaining movie. I laughed out loud. And it's one of the few times that I didn't mind watching Courtney Love on screen. Mm. Well, well and you know, yeah. speaking of actually crazy people, Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's not a bad movie. Well, what Andy's dad did is he, he tried to bring Bob in to, to kind of fill in some gaps and, and get some of the story. And Bob then... And began to exert his influence and his opinions on things to the point that it really it pushed the family out. And the family has said that the movie is the portrayal of Andy Kaufman in that movie is a Bob Zamuda creation. It's mm. not actually Andy. Really? It's what Bob made in his tellings of it. Was Andy close to his family when he was alive? Um, I mean, because that's right. That's one of the things you get a little confused about or that are easy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to get a little confused there because, you know, the family has one picture of him and Bob had another picture of him. And depending on who Andy spent most time with and 
Sounds like he and Bob were pretty inseparable. Pretty so they were pretty I'm tight. Kind of yeah. They were very tight. Yeah. Right. And so the, the, the thing is, is uh, yeah, I, I see how Bob would have a clear picture of Andy. Or a different picture. But Bob has also, Bob is a spin doctor. I think if I were in this he's story, I would be Bob. He's an amazing spin doctor. I would be Bob. And that's the problem yeah. is that he spun the thing so many ways that it's hard to know how honest he is being to the actual story of Andy. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Let's go to character number three in our story, which is going to be George Shapiro. George Shapiro, pronounce that name correctly. George was Andy's manager, and he is a very well-known name in Hollywood, and he's a pretty credible guy. He's a pretty credible, uh, would you call him witness? Uh, was participant? He, was he there when... when Character he witness, maybe? Character witness. I'll go with that. I don't believe that he was actually in the hospital when Andy passed away, but Bob was in... Uh, or I'm sorry, not Bob, George. George. Shapiro was in on... Almost everything that Andy was up to. He was his manager. Yeah, you would need your manager to be in on Yeah, you need your manager to back you up and and help you out. And also procure the fake uh, death certificate. Or whatever. Find a stand-in to die for you. Yeah. So Shapiro's always said, no, no, he he, he actually passed away. And Mm -hmm. I would know I would have been running this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, no, I'm sorry, but he's really gone. We got one last person in this theory, which is going to be Andy's girlfriend, Lynn Margolis. Lynn and Andy had been together for about a year uh, before he passed away. And she has always maintained that it's not a stunt. It's not a gag. And this is something that we were just about to touch on earlier, which is Bob Zamuda's latest book. She co-authored it. Although, I'll be honest, I didn't read the book. I read a lot of reviews and a lot of synopsi of it. And... It's very strange because whereas Bob goes back and forth about the fact that Andy might or might not have died and then kind of semi-settles on he did, she spins this weirdo story about how, oh yeah, no, Andy actually died, but by the way, Andy was bisexual and he didn't die of cancer, he died of AIDS. I don't, I guess I don't understand why you think that's a bizarro story. And I know that my sarcasm is sometimes so sophisticated that you don't understand when I'm making a joke, but I'm not making a joke. I, I, okay. (laughs) There's a very huge difference between cancer and AIDS. But think about the symptoms that anybody had reported of him. Coughing, AIDS, severe Uh, weight loss. AIDS. Yeah, actually, and actually, what AIDS leaves you does actually leave you open to certain things like cancer too. I, I, I get that, but she she pulled it out of nowhere. It was very new, and nobody else. I mean, she was saying that Andrew was was patrolling the Castro district, uh, looking for men, which has never come out. And those kind of stories always come out. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's kind of hard to imagine him cruising around the Castro district and not being recognized by a lot of people. Yeah. That's, that's my problem is yeah. that when any of these very famous people who were doing things, trying to keep them on the down low, suddenly the revelations come out 30, 40 years later. Well, that's weird. Well, he was a very talented character actor, so it's possible he was just putting on a character when he was trolling for men. But no, I mean, I think, I mean, frankly, the idea that he had AIDS isn't so far-fetched to me. And also the fact that in the, you know, 80s, 
that there would be a spin to say, oh, no, he died of cancer, to hide the fact that he died of AIDS in the 80s, that is also that was, not shocking to that's me. That's not, yeah, it's not. Uh, I'll give you that. I won't, I won't say that there's no way that's possible because sure. so much stuff around Kaufman was a spin job. Well, so that's and, absolutely I'm, possible. It's, it's genuinely, I think, I'm, I'm fairly sure. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the 80s, that was still a thing mm-hmm. that people oh, were yeah. spinning, even in oh. the 90s. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was hidden with a yeah, lot of very famous Because it was the quote-unquote gay disease. And right. so, you know, to not solely his... I'm rolling my eyes well, right now I'm saying yes, it's not yeah, solely his... Legacy. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, let's, let's, you know, let's say that you know, you, none of us think the less of Andy for being gay. If God, no. If indeed that but, was the case, yeah, yeah or bisexual, but, whatever. Yeah, but his family, especially his parents, probably would have wanted to keep it hushed up. Even if Andy himself wasn't that secretive about it, you know? His fam- mm-hmm. I'm sure his parents would have wanted to keep mm-hmm. it hushed up. No, and, and I, I, I will say that if, if it was that, it did come about... Andy was notorious for liking prostitutes. Yeah. Well, he could. So, I mean, and frankly, he wouldn't have had to be bisexual to get AIDS. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that's that, that's why I'm bringing this yeah. up. Is I, I don't want to pigeonhole it one way, yeah. and I don't want to say mm-hmm. anything negative to either side. Yeah. But he had a predilection to to putting himself in a very risky scenario. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he totally could have yeah. had AIDS. So. This that that's what I've got here on uh, on this. Great w- roll credits. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no. There's Stop more. It. There's uh. there's one there's one funny thing that I want to point out, and I'm notorious for doing this, and people probably hate me because they think it's minutia and who cares. But I find the relationship between Andy and Lynn over time very funny. People lament that they were soulmates and it was this perfect relationship and yada, yada, yada and all this stuff. And it turns out that's not the case. According to Michael and some other, other reports that I've read that, yeah, actually, they had for the last six months, both of them been complaining about the other and had to leave. But Andy got sick. And so... They didn't. They didn't do anything. The last six months. Yeah. I, I, I find always, it. I find it funny though just, when it it gets elevated to this this level. If you if you watch Man of the Moon, it, that's one of those places where I see that happen. Well, I, I mean, you know, again, it's like okay, it was they were together for a year. Yeah. And for literally half, half of that, years. <laughs> they're saying, yeah. "Wow, we probably don't need to be doing this anymore." It really means that you know, a couple months in, they probably were thinking, "Well, we don't need to do this." But he got sick, and she was like, "Well." I'm gonna be the jerk who leaves a dude with cancer or AIDS. Which so, is like, yeah, I yeah, can't no. do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that no. looks pretty bad. That looks yeah. pretty bad, even if it's only been a couple months. He'll, well, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's kind of admirable that she, uh, you know. It is. Oh no, that's yeah. yeah she, that's she crazy to me. Yeah, most, a lot of people would bail. Would, yeah, mm-hmm. understandably. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's a tough thing to handle. We're gonna move on to theory number two, yeah. which is that he's alive. Or Andy did not die at that time, yes. and he faked yeah, his death. I think that whether he's alive today to or that. not, it's that he did not die at that time. Well, if he were still alive today, he wouldn't be that old, really. So he'd be. He was thirty-five and eighty-four. Mm-hmm. So four and forty-nine. He'd be in his sixties. He would be uh, da, 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 what sixty-seven? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's years old. Yeah, yeah that's not, not that's not old. That's not crazy old. No, it's not. 
Listen, I mean, it's not girl. ancient. <laughs> Listen, little girl, you, sh- you I shut just your like mouth. I how this like goes in the little, you know, uh, Joe says, that's not old at all. And Steve goes, yeah, that's not that old. It's not crazy old. I'm like, you're right. It's not <laughs> no, that it's, old. It's old, but it's not elderly yet. No, God, Listen, no. take your piece of taffy and stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's in the other room. <gasps> Okay. okay. Warm out of your pockets, the best kind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's uh, let's go into this. So Annie had been pretty excited or pretty interested in the concept of faking his own death. I think obsessed yeah. is the term people used. It, it, well, yeah. it is, but I don't know that obsessed is right. But it came up quite a few times, and um, to get into this, you have to get into the mindset of. To a little bit, we've got to leave the land of logic behind and just fall into the the character or the characters of Andy Kaufman to kind of think in his realm. That's his favorite thing. He had a different way of going about stuff. Yeah, he was he was a strange, twisted character. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean twisted in a really ugly way. Not, no, 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 not no, like no. serial killer kind of way. No, no, he just. But there was something a little warped about Andy. I think it was great though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about I, some things that he did, though. I, I, I was around when Andy was around, you know, and I remember I remember all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how damn long ago it was. Holy <laughs> crap! That was a long time ago. It just, it just doesn't seem like it's been that long. But well, holy crap! I like mean, 19- we were watching the. So we're going to talk about this later. But there's a, a bit where he's on Letterman, and we oh. were watching that Letterman bit, and it's Letterman's episode number eighty-two. Yeah, he looks so. He's young. a baby. Yeah, he is. He Letterman <laughs> looks so young in that, and mm-hmm. he had so much hair. Oh. In eight, early 80s hair. Yeah, I had more hair back then, too. <sighs> I did, too. Mm. You guys are looking at me like I was alive. Yeah, no, I, no. Devin I, had no hair. No. I had no hair. <laughs> you, yeah. Okay. I didn't we're, exist we're in on. any sense of the word. We talked about uh, in the beginning, Andy's. Uh, this is going to play into some of the stuff we're talking about in a moment. But we had talked about Andy's um, foreign man character, and I want to tell you some of the things that he would do with that character because that's going to help us flow through this. So when um, Andy got big enough, of course, in I think it was 1979, because Taxi ran for five years. So it was 78 or 79, Taxi started, 1978 or 79, and he got brought on as the character Latka. Yeah, I don't think he was originally on the show. I think he came on. Oh, yeah, he was. I I thought he came on a couple of years after the show started. No, he was, I believe he was on it from almost the very beginning. He might have come in a year late. I got to be honest, I don't have the IMDb up in front of me, and I can't remember off the top of my head. I didn't watch that. I didn't exactly watch that show religiously myself. Yeah, but, but the point is, he came in... And it, uh, it launched him into the, the, the spotlight. And, of course, he was then able to go around and do tours and have comedy shows. And, again, we're talking about what do people expect. They expect you to go up on stage and tell your jokes and do all your stuff. You do your Seinfeld voice and you're Yeah, done. exactly. And he, he wouldn't do that. I mean, he uh, – so one of the things that he would do with the foreign man character – this is actually what he did when he showed up on Saturday Night Live in 1975, is he gets up there, and all he does is he walks up, and he's got a record player, because records were the thing then, and he p- starts playing the theme to Mighty Mouse. 
and just standing there. I remember seeing him do that. Dumbstruck <laughs> the whole time as except the song, for the except chorus. for when the chorus comes, and then he gives this super emphatic lip sync performance of I think it's the. Here I come to save the day line. Yeah. And he just gets into it. And he just drops back into completely, I don't know what the hell is going on, <laughs> mode. No, it's just great. He's standing there to, to the right of the, of the record player. And then he's just standing there. And, and then all of a sudden it goes, Here I come to save the day. And he, he lip syncs. And then he swings his left arm outward and upward. And he gazes up into the air. Like, like he's Mighty Mouse. Here I come to save the day. Yes. And, then, and that's it. I just want to say we can't do this for every single one. No, yeah, it can't, good point. this episode can't turn into us be reenacting. Reenacting? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no but but the, this is fine. I just so yeah. yeah. The good reason point. I bring this this particular bit up is this is now like I said, Andy's able to travel around, and he starts going to tours, and he wants to screw with people. So he would go to a comedy show. And he would walk out on stage and everybody would applaud and they would be excited. And he comes out on stage, he's wearing a jacket and he would look at the crowd and in a English accent, obviously faked English accent, he would pull out a book and it would be the great Gatsby. Good day, governor. And he would begin to read from the great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And at first, kind of like we've talked about, people would laugh, mm-hmm. and then they get angry, yep. and, and then they start and, rumbling and booing. And he would he would respond to the crowd in character, you know, stop it, you know, and blah 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 blah. I would say if you if you don't quiet down, I will I shall put on the record. At which point they said. would go bananas because yes, it's gonna be Mighty Mouse, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and he would finally give in, Fine. and he would play the record. Which was him reading the Great Gatsby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Which, this man is my soulmate. Which this is, is hilarious and is great. But if that was all that he had done and this entire legend was based upon that, that would be a weak foundation. But it's not. Because there's other things. There's there's a guy who in 1979, the guy's name is Alan Abel. Abel faked his own death. I think he was at a ski resort and he faked a heart attack. And like the paramedics showed up and they hauled him away and all this stuff. And these were all people that he had set up to come in. Oh, by the way, Alan Abel was that he was the guy that founded the Society to Clothe Naked Animals. Correct? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so obviously, a good sense of humor. Yes. No, he. he he, he was a giant hoaxer. He was known for hoaxes, but he pulls, he does this, and he does such a good job that the New York Times runs an obituary for it's him. Oh, so good. The next day, he comes out and tells everybody that he's fine and that the tales of his death have been grandly overstated and something, something, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- Coffin watches all of this and loves it and Hester's able about how did he pull it off? What details did he do? You know, just trying to get every detail to the point that Abel didn't like him because mm-hmm. he was a pest. He kept bugging him for details on how he did it and annoyed the crap out of him. By the way, did, uh, did Abel ever render an opinion on whether Andy was dead or not? Nothing I know of. Yeah. I read a few things from him, but nothing was ever related to the Kaufman alive versus dead uh, conspiracy. Mm -hmm. He never actually seems to have spoken to it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about 
uh, there's an album that came out. It came out relatively recently. It was 2013. Yeah. Uh, it's called Andy and His Grandma. Yes, 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 yes. Who, God, who was it that helped narrate the... Bill the, Hader. Bill Hader? Okay. So He's my favorite. This is, <laughs> this is a series of conversations that Kaufman had recorded on the phone, unbeknownst to people. So he's talking to his, uh, his friends, his business cart partners. Uh, Bob Zamuda is one of the people that's on it, specifically on the track we're talking about. He's also talking to some ladies of the night that he knows, which is in the beginning of that track, which yeah. is really the one, awkward. The one who wants the blank tapes. Yes, I exactly. Want them, yeah. in, the, uh, in the I Want Those Tapes track, he and Bob talk for, I guess, like two and a half, three minutes, maybe four, about well, what if we what if I faked my death? And how would they go about it? How long could they pull it off for these things? Like, like he talked about it there. So he, he not only had been talking about it with uh, trying to get the information from Abel, now he's talking to Bob, and they're kind of fleshing it out, at least in this one recording that we know of, if not other conversations. We're now going to move to, from that, so we got those two bits there, we're now going to go to the over-the-top character for Andy Coffin. We, we briefly mentioned him before when Joe and I were talking, which is Tony Clifton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting character. Uh, I, love, I love the description that I have worked up of Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton is Andy Kaufman's foul-mouthed, big-jowled, booze-drinking, giant sunglass and black toupee-wearing, terrible-singing lounge singer. Yeah, he was like uh, kind of like a really bad Elvis. He was a terrible <laughs> Elvis. Yeah, yeah. He was. He drank. He smoked. He ate red meat. He. Badgered audiences. He was crude and foul to everybody. The Clifton character was the the exact opposite of Andy Kaufman. Or Andy Kaufman's like his foreign man was meek and mild and very polite. Clifton was the opposite. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, Andy Kaufman was really a very good actor. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, particularly when you look at the pictures, just physically. Mm -hmm. I mean, he. He seemed to have made himself into a different person. He did. He had a big gut. The, the Clifton, the Clifton character would wear a, a suit with the ruffle front shirt, and he had giant Elvis glasses. And he did on. have jowls, and Andy didn't really have those jowls. No, those were definitely, definitely. Um, uh, what is it? You know this. Mutton chops? No, he had the mutton chops, but then he had the, the prosthetic. They were, they were oh, the, the okay. fake The fake chin and everything, making it look fat. I was trying to figure out if you were looking for the specific like latex prosthetics or just... Latex. That was that was <laughs> the word I was looking for. No, he, he did this stuff. And one of the... This is this is one of those things. So the, the, the Clifton character had been around for a long time. And when Kaufman got picked up on Taxi... He worked into his contract that Tony Clifton could be could be on the show four times as Tony Clifton in random episodes, which would also not have the Latka character on them. And it's, in other words, Andy Kaufman's known character on them. Mm -hmm. And the, the studio agreed to this request. It sounds like they didn't know who Clifton was. They, he was evidently made out to be some, some yeah. great 
great lounge act. Yeah, they probably thought, you know, it's Andy, it's Andy Kaufman. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Except, except that, that it wasn't great. Except, yeah, he showed up and he was such a monumental ass to everybody to the point that the security showed up oh and God. they escorted him off of the studio lot and told him he was he could never come back again. Well, and the, all of the other appearances were that bit of the contract was cut and scrubbed. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, Tony Clifton can't come back. Lotka can. Right, yeah, because because it, I think that at least in the beginning they didn't realize that Clifton was Kaufman. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. didn't get it. They yeah. didn't know. It sounds like Shapiro probably knew, but the studio didn't understand it. Um, so I, it, eventually, though, people do figure out. They're like, wait a sec, wait. funny. Andy's never around when never when, seen them together, when huh? Tony's around. So what he did is he got Bob Zamuda to get good enough at the character that suddenly the two could show up at the same time and they'd show up on stage together. Yeah, and that way that way Andy could say, "Hey, it's, it's not, not me. me." Yeah, I mean, this guy's. I think he's great, but it's not me. <laughs> Again, one of those things that he just he took it so far and he worked so hard. But here's the thing about the Clifton angle. There's a a movie script, I think it was written in 1980, and Bob Zamuda and Andy Kaufman write it, and it's called The Tony Clifton Story. Now, this thing's hard to read. Did either of you... I didn't actually find a copy of the script. Okay, uh, I found a copy of it, and it's effing weird. I've read scripts before, not a lot of them, but I've read scripts. This thing was so far into left field. If somebody had converted it to to Microsoft Word, and it was 124 pages of absurdity where Clifton is the, the star character and Kaufman discovers him and all of this weird stuff happens. And, and evidently Andy Kaufman was pretty excited about the idea of breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Either you guys heard of the fourth wall? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. When you, when you, okay. I'm just yeah. I'm just asking because I have to ask these things. But yeah, it's when it's when you look out the TV screen to your audience and, you, and then you speak to them. Right. Because yeah. the it's a Frank has Underwood walls. effect. Yes. Yeah. So it's not. I'm just frankly, you know, it's a theater, so mm-hmm. it's before TV. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing was, what Kaufman liked to do is he liked to try to break the fourth wall and then twist things to bring the viewer even farther in and reestablish the fourth wall. Like he did these weird twists and turns. That's not the weird, the, the, the big thing about this script. The script is weird. Yeah. What happens though, very suspiciously in this script, is Tony Clifton dies. Mm hmm. Of cancer. Where did he die at? In Cedar sinai Mm -hmm. Exactly the place that Andy Kaufman dies four years later of cancer. Lung cancer. Here's my my question about this. Lung cancer actually doesn't show up in the script. Oh. Uh, It's it's unspecified cancer. Cancer. Okay. But my question about the script is, is that do we actually know for 100% certainty that this script was written by Andy before Andy died? Absolutely not. Yeah. I can't. I cannot. I cannot validate that because the yeah, copies that I found I were all about. converted copies. Mm-hmm. So it could be that at one point somebody made it up. 
Or it and, could be that, that Tony and Bob actually did write a script, but somebody else the, did a little editing to it. Oh, maybe. Andy and Bob, Andy you mean? Uh, what did I say? Tony. Tony, no, oh. Tony Clifton yeah, is a character, outside, not a real person. Yeah, no, I'm, Tony, I'm Tony. 99.9% positive Tony Clifton yeah, doesn't no, exist. No, no, no. Tony and Bob got together to write, <laughs> to write a movie about Andy Kaufman. Actually, Andy <laughs> Kaufman is the character. Tony's the real guy. Yeah, that could be. Uh, no, I, I thank you for bringing that up because I was going to bring that up. I have no way to know that that's true. Mm-hmm. No way to know that. Yeah, but uh, that is another little bit of evidence that he might have faked it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we we have one more big thing that we have to talk about. Yeah, which is the big one. Would you call it the coup de gras? Would, would that that's not the right one? It's not, but that's okay. Not the coup de gras, but it was. This is this is one of his greatest gags ever. That's, that's, I was trying to think of the his his best thing ever. And this like, is one of his his uh, his great characters. He played. You know, he's playing himself, but a, but a, a little a, different. But a, yeah, a jerk. Right. Yeah. So here's what happens. He's the green bastard. <laughs> In uh, 1979, Kaufman comes up with, as we said, maybe his greatest prank ever, which is wrestling. He shows up on Saturday Night Live. It's his ninth appearance. By the way, remember, guys, 1979, SNL is tiny. It's a tiny studio. Mm -hmm. Itsy bitsy thing. And he shows up in thermal underwear with black trunks on over the top saying that he is the world intergender wrestling champion Uh and that he will pay $500 to any woman who can beat him at wrestling in three minutes or less. And at that point proceeds to just make fun of women's lib and just generally be a chauvinist jerk. Mm-hmm. That was great. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty funny. It's yeah. funny because in retrospect, we know it's a gag. Right. And it's really funny, but it really pissed some people off. And lo and behold, some lady gets into the ring with him. By the way, she's a plant. And he beats her in under three minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great to watch this interview of him where he's bragging about, oh, you know, I, I totally, I just totally kick their asses every time. I like when he, you know, he does the whole, uh, well, you know, I don't think women are dumb. I think women are really great at, you know, cooking and ironing and raising the baby. Raising a baby. I, mean, I think they're really good at all of that stuff. He's, he's hitting hot buttons because it this is, is the, uh, you know, this is this the is women's the, lip movement. Yeah, and this is early 80s. And he is just, he's just poking fun and hitting all the right spots. And over uh, the course, uh, that wasn't his first time to, to wrestle a woman in the ring in this character. And he does this character as himself, as Andy Kaufman. Over the course of four years, he wrestles over 400 women across the country. And in the beginning, it's pretty clear that most of those women were plants. But later on... He took it far enough. He started just grab. He would pull five women out of the crowd. He would have the crowd vote on which one they wanted him to wrestle, which means they wanted to pick the biggest, baddest lady of the bunch. Oh, yeah. And then he would wrestle her and he would win. He would wrestle them. And it just, it was so absurd. And he kept taking this intergender wrestling champion thing farther and farther. And over four years, he pissed off 
almost every woman in the country because a lot of people thought he was being serious. Because again, as we talked about, he never broke character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was he was willing to take it up, just go on and on and on with these gags. Yeah, and and, and so he he starts moving this gag into Memphis, Tennessee. And he starts mocking women, as he had been, but then he starts also mocking the people of Memphis. And a local wrestler by the name of Jerry the King Lawler takes notice. Gets a little involved. Gets a little, gets upset and starts exchanging words with Kaufman, at which point Kaufman starts ripping on Lawler and Memphis. He's sending videotapes. This is the age of videotapes. Mm -hmm. He's sending videotapes, telling the people of Memphis, how to use soap, uh, calling it the <laughs> redneck capital of the world. Uh, I'm not going to imitate him, but he just, he does so many outlandish over the top things. And he, uh, he he's, he's of course saying, well, I, you know, whatever, Jerry Lawler, I, I don't wrestle women I, or wrestle men. I wrestle women because I'm the intergender champion. Wow. Except that there's a a time where suddenly Lawler shows up and they get into it and he agrees to wrestle him and he gets him into the ring. And of course, this whole thing was a setup from the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Lawler's yeah. in. Yeah. So we're going to spoil it. Lawler's, I guess it's not really a spoiler. Most people know this. Lawler's in on it from the beginning. And he and Kaufman would sit around and work out the lines and how the gag was going to go. So what happens, Lawler and he finally agree to wrestle. They get in the ring and Kaufman runs around the ring in circles away from Lawler until Lawler eventually catches him and appears to knock the snot out of him and then deliver two pile drivers in a row. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kaufman is laying on the ground. He's Sorry, twitching. For those of us who don't may not know what a pile driver is. That's where you pick somebody up so their feet are straight up in the air. Their head is pointed at the ground. You jump. The wrestler who is holding the upside down person lands on their butt. And the person who is upside down lands on their head. Yeah. It's yeah. a pile. You're dr- piling, driving their head mm-hmm. into the ground, and yeah. he does two in a row. It right. looks it looks painful. I'm sure Lawler was a professional, so Lawler's I'm, totally a pro. I'm sure he knew how to do it without actually hurting. Yeah, uh, without. I'm sure they had him. practiced it. Yeah. I'm sure, but anyway, so Kaufman injures his neck. Kaufman, uh, quote unquote. Yeah, he he's on the ground. He's flailing. He's flipping around. The f- and uh, the paramedics show up, and they haul Andy out of the ring on a stretcher. I was telling uh, you two earlier that I'd read stuff from Lawler that talked about, or somebody was talking about Lawler was prancing around the ring, all excited because he was playing his part of winning. And Kaufman is laying on the ground, trying not to move his mouth so that nobody gets it, going, call an ambulance. And Lawler's going, no way, that's going to cost like 250 bucks. I'll pay it. Call the ambulance. It'll be great for the gag. Which it was, because then people really believed it. Mm-hmm. Kaufman is then seen running around, screaming about Lawler, in a neck brace for months and months. And six months later, they, they go on TV. They, yeah, they trade insults. Was it five Letterman or six show? months later? It was like August. Yeah, they're, they're and... trading insults via videotape back and forth. And this is the day when uh, the kind of WrestleMania, uh, the wrestler will stand there and talk to the announcer and talk trash and then go that wrestle. That still happens, just so you know. Yeah, well, yeah. back then it's when it was new. 
when they, they first figured it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's talk. a lie. That's not true. But um, so the, they're sending these tapes back and forth. And finally, there's a, I don't know if it was, if it was proffered as a way to broker peace between the two, but they go on the Letterman show and they're, we, we watch this and they're, they're kind of being civil and then it slowly starts escalating until Kaufman says something. Lawler stands up and smacks Kaufman in the face and knocks him out of his chair at which point Kaufman stands up and the version uh, we watched together today was edited for foul language. Well, and we should also mention that at this point, Andy Kaufman is still wearing his neck brace and still in character five, five months later yes. yeah, yeah. And, and still in character. And by the way, I don't think Letterman's live. Isn't it? I don't think so. I thought they taped it like in the afternoon. Maybe it's not. Yeah. It, it, you know, you're probably. Well, I don't know if it was at that time. That's my problem. I, I, yeah, I, I did, didn't. They had videotape in 1983. No, what yeah. I didn't know is I actually had never thought to look to see if Letterman was live. But you're probably right. Yeah. It probably is not was not live. But he he freaks out and he Kaufman. starts. Kaufman freaks out and yeah. wisely. And this is the great. This is the part I love the best. He gets on the other side of Letterman's desk and puts Letterman between him and Lawler and, and uh, starts swearing at Lawler and saying. He seems to be genuinely angry too. Oh, he like is. I said, he was a good actor. He was spitting mad foul lasers like the beeps. You know how sometimes you'll uh-huh. hear somebody beeps like beep word 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 beep word. No, this is just. Beep Beep, 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 beep. It sounds like Morris Code. They're beeping him so much. Yeah. And, and they're actually black, blacking out his face and or his mouth. Apparently Letterman was not in on it because he's no. he's like... <laughs> he's cowering. Letterman like, is cowering between the pair of them. If you watch, there's certain angles. And you can just see him he's just... He's a little nervous he's, there, yeah. he's just like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And at the end, he grabs Dave's coffee and, and he that's throws not Dave's. it. Andy coffee. grabs Andy yeah, grabs Andy, da- Dave's yeah. coffee and throws it Lawler's face. And then runs away. <laughs> I encourage you to to watch this if you haven't already. Our, our yeah. retellings are long and not quite as good. But still yeah, fun. Yeah, but still, still fun. Yeah, yeah. But you, you should watch this it's, for but sure. Th- this thing is actually I would recommend if you're going to watch this whole thing that happened with Lawler, we may post this up, but there is a YouTube playlist that is Almost two hours long of all of the crap that happens back and forth between these guys. Oh, yeah. There's and it is it. good. It is so absurd. It is, again, it's just taking the joke and never letting it go. And mm. it just gets funnier. And fu- like, yeah. I watched it, and after a half hour, I was like, God, I, I don't sure. know if I want to watch yeah. more. And then but, 20 minutes later, I, I, I'm I about to pee myself. I'm laughing so hard. Yeah. And I'm sure that after the Letterman thing, I'm sure Lawler and, and Andy Coffin probably met at the bar around the corner and had a beer together. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. But they, they, t- they took it so far. At one point, uh, Kaufman is offering money to other wrestlers to, quote, unquote, take out Lawler. And then eventually he tag teams with another wrestler. And I can't remember who it is. Uh, but they 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 beat him, and then Kaufman's running around in a crown saying he's the king of wrestling, at which point Lawler runs out of a crowd and throws a fireball of some kind in Kaufman's face, and they show Kaufman in the, the back room all burnt up. I mean, like, they just, they never let, it, this, this whole thing went on for over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On national television. Yeah. Never broke. 
I know. I say, it, uh, I remember when this happened too. It makes me feel kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, because I remember talking about we were talking to my friends about it at the time. We were going, Good, is this is this for real? And most of us were like thinking not. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, we yeah. But it just, it kept going on and on. And of course, there's the whole thing. When Andy died, they, they some wrestling announcer asked Lawler about him. And he said very few words, but made it sound like he didn't like him at all. He kept Again, it up. He kept it up. He, he had, I'm guessing, must have told Andy, I'll keep the character going. And would not give in. So this this is this is one of those things where this is an example of... Kaufman ran a gag that was so f- above and beyond, and he planned it out so far in advance, and he let it run for so long. And of course, Zamuda, this is, this is, Bob is this involved. Is in support of your, uh, your of, of Andy is yeah, alive to get back to yeah Andy's right alive, right yeah. and and of course Bob is involved in this thing the the whole time, so he's the man behind the scenes that nobody sees that's setting things up. So Bob's working tirelessly for him. Uh, the the only the only thing in this entire theory that doesn't work is who the hell was in the casket which I've seen various, various tellings of. Uh, There's two different ways that this goes. One is that Andy never was sick, and he actually met a cancer patient who agreed to... Or an AIDS patient. Or an AIDS patient. He met a sick patient who was willing to stand in for him and be in his casket and let Andy run this gag. Or Andy did actually have cancer, but the treatments actually did cure him... At which point he found this person who was willing to be his body double and sit in the cat or lay in the casket, as the case may be, mm-hmm. for him. And that's where the body came from. I, I got to say, everything else about Andy Kaufman and how he masterminded this crap, I like. I want to believe. The body double is the only thing that I have a hard time getting behind. Well, it's a tricky part, but you know the thing about it is, is that um, if he really had lost a lot of weight and everything, and he was looking like he died of cancer, possibly, uh, you know, he could have just um, he could have just had himself drugged and been laying in the cat in the coffin, you know, so that way when people poked him, he didn't react because he was out cold. It's possible. And then, yeah, and then later on, he he gets out of the coffin, and it's uh, it's of course taken off and buried. So, possible. Possible. Have you looked at the pictures of Andy Kaufman, like, when he was sick? Like, when he's emaciated and sick? He looks terrible. It doesn't really look like him. Okay, are you looking at the ones that are the the photograph reproductions in newspapers? Or, okay, yeah, they, some of those, the problem is, is that, Photo, black and white photography was crap, and most of it was done as black and white. And he looks like hell, but it also... I've known some people who got pretty sick, and they didn't look like they had several a year so prior. For sure, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I mean, you know, just to because I, I like you want to believe that Andy totally faked the whole thing for this. I mean, quote unquote, hilarious gag. Uh, you know, so I kind of you know I'm looking for that stuff, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking to say, well, it doesn't totally look like him, so it could totally be someone else. He did go away for a while, for right. six weeks. Right. And came back looking totally different. So what's to say that, you know, he that he didn't. Well, he didn't look to totally switch. different, but he, he he went downhill immediately upon his return. He looked totally different when he returned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For one thing, he was black. Yeah. 
Right. And he, he answered to the name Bob Zamuda. Yeah. Um, it was weird. <laughs> it, was it was very really strange. Weird. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, I, um, the, the only, the only, the last thing that I have here. So Kaufman got a weird kind of cult following. I mean, not too long after his supposed death. People are still writing about, did Andy fake his death? There's, uh, well, obviously three dummies with say, a podcast talking, talking about, about it. it right now. Yeah, that was, I read an article that was just published like last year. Yeah, you know, people like are still talking ago. about it, and he's still being cited. I mean, we were talking about the one that was the in Albuquerque. One Albuquerque. That, they had the, and by the way, that, that, that was the worst video ever. I mean, I don't see it. It, it actually made the news in Albuquerque, <laughs> and, it, and they played some of that security camera bit, and... Uh, I don't see. I mean, it could be Andy Kaufman. It could be millions. Anybody. Of other it could be anybody. And that was yeah. the problem. But there's all these cult followings, all these cult sightings. One of the things it, it's it. I find it entertaining. Every five year anniversary of his death, suddenly there's reports that. Kaufman said he was going to take it for 15 years, so he's going to come back this year. Kaufman said he was going to take it for 20 years. He's going to come back this year. 25, 30, 35. Like like 35 is the next number that we've got. I really, in my heart of hearts, want to believe that Andy Kaufman is sitting in a retirement home right now getting Mm -hmm. his giggle over the fact that the entire world... Thinks he died in 1984. Mostly, actually, I think he's probably in a nursing home somewhere saying to some nurse, you know, I was Andy Kaufman. Uh, and the nurse is like, I don't know who that is. I think I doubt that he's in a nursing home yet. Did, did no. you? Did, okay. Did, did he? Just, no. You know what? You know what I want? I mean, this is, this is, I want this to be true. Just like what I saw in Bubba Hotep for Elvis to be true. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because that was a hilarious story as well. And I want that to be truly what had happened to Elvis. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. well, I just have a weird thing about famous people like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, in my perfect world, Andy Kaufman faked his death. And I mean, sure, he he faked his death when he was 35, so it makes sense he would come back 35 years later. Yeah, it could be. There's a little serendipity in that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that you can, there you could find, you could pick and choose a number from his 35 years. You could very easily do it in one-year increments. You could do it. Which I mean, some I people just, do. I'm sure that you could, you know, you could say, well, you know, 20 was a really sacred number to to, to, to Andy, so and he's he going to come back. the meditation back, thing. So blah, he's going to come blah, back blah. 20, you know. Uh, you guys ready to know the truth? Yeah. yeah. No. Are you Andy? Yeah. No, I no, don't want no, to know the no, truth. No, I ain't Andy. But, no, uh, you have too much hair to be Andy. Yeah, I do. But, uh, no, what happened is uh, he did fake his own death. He moved to Mexico, and he became a beast negro. <laughs> Yeah, who unfortunately, as we know, did die. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, I I think that if if he had faked his own death, he wouldn't have. I don't think he would have stayed away more than a year. I'd agree with that. I don't think he would have. He would have done an able. It would have been like two days later. Well, no, I I think Joe's right. A year is the most you can push that joke. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Before people consider it offensive. Totally Uh, agree. Yeah. But you want to know what I really think is that... uh, (laughs) I don't know if I do, but okay. Yeah, no, I think that it's it's entirely possible. What I think really probably happened is that um, he actually faked faking his own death. I think that probably when he found out he was terminally ill, and this this really kind of fits in with his personality, he probably got together 
uh, with Zamuda and with his manager, Shapiro, and said, guys, we've got to pull off this one last big joke. We've got to convince the world, or at least half the world, that I faked my death. And I, 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 since I said, I, and I'm not saying that's proof, that's proven, but I just no, think no, no, that no. That I, I know exactly. I, I get character. where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from is the last gag this, is, this is my death. Yeah, that's what I'm going to leave. I get the world that. With. Yeah. Except I don't know that that would be. I, it doesn't fit in his character. Like his character was always pulling the wool over their eyes for what wasn't happening mm. instead of what was really happening, which is the I'm alive is what wasn't happening. So that's why I'm in the camp of I, I want him to have faked all of it. Mm. Yeah, all of it. I do too, but I don't think he did. I don't. I'm, I sadly don't think so either. But Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I want him to, but I don't think. Yeah, I think that, you know, as far as faking your own death and, and not letting anybody in on it other than a, a couple of close associates is kind of a dick move. You know, and you come back a, a year a year or two later, you know, not everybody's going to be thrilled about it. They're no. going to be happy that you're alive, but they're going to be really... And uh, ne- uh, there's going to be a lot of people that don't talk to you ever again. Well, Because yeah. that's a huge emotional trauma. Yeah, he, it is. He did one out of his relationship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but, yeah... <laughs> That that is uh, that is the ultimate way to get out of a relationship. Well, mm-hmm. You know, sure I've is. used that a few times. Take, take my death and move away. Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, but anyway, that's that's what I'm thinking. Happened. I, I think that's what happened. I think he probably toyed with the idea whether it was before he became terminally ill. He toyed with it, and then uh, and then when it finally came around, he talked to he talked to he talked to Bob and and Greg or George George me, Shapiro and said, dudes. Dudes, you know, just keep this alive, okay? You know, and and when you think about it too, because he's a, he was a celebrity and a you know famous guy and everything, he probably didn't want to fade away. And this is a way to keep his. Legend it is alive. a way to keep the legend going. It's a good way, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what I suspect. Well, that's all we got on this particular one. Uh, we will, of course, have some links that will be uh, discussions or articles about Andy. We might put a, a link to a YouTube playlist on the website. I don't know what it'll be at this point. But if you want to see that stuff, you're more than welcome to do so. That website, of course, as always, is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. On the website, we do have several different options for supporting the show. We've got merchandise. This will all be on the right-hand side, by the way, in the in the little column there, we've got shirts and phone cases and mugs and all of those good things. So those are available on Zazzle or Redbubble, the stickers as well. Uh, if you want to uh, do a monetary contribution to the show, you're welcome to do that. Cool. We have PayPal for a one-time contribution. So if that's what works for your budget, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah, really. If you would like to be more of a ongoing uh, donation. Sustaining. Sustaining, as Devin likes to say uh, it. Phone's ringing in the background. You are welcome to do that. We have uh, we have a profile set up or account set up on Patreon, patreon.com slash thinking sideways. And that is, just so everybody knows, that is a donation per episode that we come out with. So if you decide that you want to give us 20 bucks per, be aware that that's going to be 20 bucks per episode, not just this flat 20 bucks. Unless you cap it um, at a monthly $20 a month. Which then, yeah. Then you just <laughs> becomes awkward. $20, and it's weird. <laughs> it becomes weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, by the way, we, we, we drop a regular episode once a week. Yep. And so it's about four. 
So yeah, yeah. So so occasionally we drop a short or something like that. We never charge like for that. those we don't kind charge of things. For yeah, those. no, yeah, those are so those are extras, bonuses. We never yeah, charge for that. We're stuff. not putting those in there to make more money. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and as much way, as Joe asked me to do it, I decided not to. Yeah, and, and by the way, this is this is optional. You, oh, you don't, yeah, you don't no, need to contribute if you don't want to. No, we we make this con- we make the content because we like to. If you'd like to contribute, we appreciate that, but by no means a requirement. No, we don't expect it. Yep, we are we are on iTunes. That is. Seems to be the primary portal that people find the show through. If you're finding us on iTunes, please do take the time to subscribe. And if you're enjoying it, leave a positive review and rating. Uh, If you're not enjoying it, go ahead and leave a positive review and rating. Absolutely. And Uh, then email us. And then then go ahead and email us with the things that uh, aren't working for you. You can email us at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com, where we do. We field conversations, story suggestions, general fan letters, anything and everything. We will respond to all of it. Eventually. Eventually. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a while. Uh, we're on just about every streaming site that's out there, so I'm not going to name them all because I don't have that kind of time. But if you use one of those, awesome. Find us on it. Are we on the Facebook? We are on the Facebook. We uh. are on the Facebook, and we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, both of which are very busy and very fun. So do take the time to like the page and or join the group. Mm-hmm. We have a subreddit. Which Devin knows about, and I still haven't gone to. Thank God. <laughs> I, I have gone to it. I just don't, I'm just not in the habit of going out there very I much. Forget so I forget all the there. time. Yeah. I know you do. Um, and we also have a Twitter account. So we are on Twitter uh, at Thinking Sideways with the G in the middle. You can see pictures of my weird bruises. Yeah, I didn't. You really you have should. pictures of your weird that bruises. That was weird. You're welcome. Really mm. weird. People liked it. Mm. And I get to prove that I'm falling apart. At yeah, yeah, you weird robotic device, you. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's all I've got on this particular episode. You guys got anything else? No, just if you're Andy, uh, like, you know, uh, find us on Facebook and join the group and tell us what you've been up to. You can just email us. I mean, oh, you, you don't have to, like, too. out yourself publicly. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just going to go ask my Uncle Andy. Oh, all right. good idea. Yeah. Andy. 